0: It's cold outside, so join me in the snug of a pub. At 94, I have seen and enjoyed so many Christmases, ones filled with love and plenty and others filled with hunger and pain. When I walk the high and back streets of Britain, I feel the angst of austerity, dim the Christmas lights, festooned on houses and shop windows. 2017 was a hard year, and I fear 2018 will be just as brutal. We are slipping back towards the days of my youth, and you should be warned that if that happens, no one will survive unscathed. And now, as we tuck into our drinks and crisps on the table, I will tell you about what I know. About Christmases long ago. In 1930, I was seven years of age, and my family was destitute. We lived Doss rough in a decrepit slum in Bradford. Originally, we hailed from Barnsley, but my dad had injured himself in the mines. And so, to live, we upped sticks, like modern-day migrants who look for a better future in a larger city. But it didn't work for us, and as there were no jobs for my dad, we made do on poor relief that paid ten shillings a week. Even though I was a child, I worked a beer barrel to help put food on our family's table. But my child's labour wasn't enough to feed us. So my mum, around the holiday season, found herself a boyfriend because he had a job. He took my dad's place in her bed and her heart. My dad was then forced to move from our one rented room in the dos, to the attic, where my sister and I slept on a pest stained flock mattress. Now he kept us company in this bed. That year, on Christmas morning, it was cold in the attic, and a weak winter sun stretched its light through the garret, and onto my sleeping face. I awoke with an overwhelming hunger which ate away at my belly. I felt ever so sad because I knew it was Christmas, and I realized that this day would be like all the others. There would not be enough food, warmth, or happiness for anyone in my family. Because we were poor, I jumped from the bed and began to cry that it was so unfair that Father Christmas didn't give a damn about us. My dad rose from our bed and hugged me, and then said, go into my trouser pocket. It's not from Father Christmas, and it's not much, but it's from thy dad. With what little money my father had scrimped away, From pawning his wedding ring to pay for our rent, he kept some back to buy a few penny sweets for my sister and me to savour and at least feel that we hadn't been forgotten. My sister and I went downstairs where my mum sat sullen and guilty beside her boyfriend, Bill. She said, without emotion, that there was no for breakfast. And if we wanted a Christmas dinner, we had to go to mass because the St. Vincent de Paul Society was putting on a tea for indigent Catholics. So my sister, Alberta, dragged me across the silent but festive streets of Bradford to our church where we were met by other children in similar circumstances. Like us, they were dressed in rags and their faces were thinned from hunger or disease caused by poverty. Following mass, we made our way to the meal. The feast for Bradford's poor was held in an open-type gymnasium that was both damp and dark. We were told by the nuns to pray, and so we, the poor, the destitute, the unloved and unlucky, gave thanks again to the ever-watchful Jesus. After we prayed, we attacked our meal like famished dogs. It was a stringy, anorexic Christmas goose that seemed to have drowned underneath watery gravy that looked like warmed over gutter of water but to us it was manna from heaven because we had not enjoyed a warm meal or meat for many weeks after our tea a father christmas appeared with a tuberculate cough and presented to each child an orange specked with decay on our way home i was mournful but content that my stomach was full because I knew that, come Boxing Day, I'd be out scavenging for food. In the rubbish bins behind restaurants, it hurt me like a deep cut into my skin to see along the way middle-class homes where, inside, people were warm, well-fed, and enjoying their Christmas Day, unaware and unconcerned that despair was all around them. When we returned to the DOS, I found my dad upstairs in our dank attic, chewing on a pipe, starved of tobacco and reading a book of history. He looked up from his pages and smiled at me. Happy Christmas, lad. Sorry there weren't much for thee and thy sister. Next year, he son, next year. But there was never a next year, because by the first week of 1931, my mum was forced to cast my dad adrift. She asked him to leave the attic as it was upsetting her new man. Much later on in her life, my mum spoke the way a shipwreck survivor would talk about casting off a weak crew member that was jeopardizing the survival of others. When she referred to my dad, she'd always say, had no choice, it was him or us. Dad left us when I was eight years old and I never saw him alive again. Mm -hmm. Some years later, from that Christmas, my dad died and he was buried in a pauper's pit. His bones lie with thousands of other victims of the Great Depression who were too poor to afford their own funeral or headstone. I am 94 now, but to this day... I think about his last gift to me, because it wasn't the penny sweets, no. It was the hope that next year will always be brighter than the last. And love can triumph over all impediments. Happy Christmas and ta from me, Harry.